You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. We are getting closer and closer to the Arkansas-Mississippi State game coming up this Saturday. We've been breaking it down here from a bunch of different people, and it's going to be a good one. It's one that I think that many Razorback fans are hopeful that they can turn around the performance a little more offensively from what we saw against Georgia. And also, I think that they're also hopeful that Mississippi State will be able to get slowed down a little bit as they were just on fire in the passing game against LSU last weekend. But we're going to talk more about it as we go to the phone lines and welcome in Taylor Jones, who is host of the Locked On Mississippi State podcast. And, of course, we love having anyone who's part of the Locked On podcast network here on the show. Taylor, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How are you doing? Hey, happy to be here, too. Just blessed that we get another Saturday of SEC football. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, and it's it's fun because the first week was, was a good time, but now uh, I feel like the matchups are really starting to get revved up. There were some good games last week, but now you got Texas A&M and Alabama. you got Georgia and Auburn, and I know that those games are going to get the most attention, but honestly, this game with Arkansas-Mississippi State should be pretty fascinating, mainly due to the fact that Mississippi State is going to try to one up that performance that they had against LSU to see if they can keep it going. So I'll start right there uh, with the performance that they had last week against LSU. KJ Costello, almost 630 yards. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But here's the thing. What are the chances that he's able to repeat that type of performance? Because we know the SEC, it's going to be a brutal schedule and it's going to be a brutal defenses that they're going to have to go up against. But it's to me, that's going to be the biggest key is can KJ Costello repeat that performance. What are the chances of that happening? I would like to see that happening, but I can probably see him touching that number again maybe once or twice, depending on how well Vanderbilt and Ole Miss do, possibly Missouri. Uh, But it blew my mind that he even got 623 uh, yards against LSU. Not that, you know, know, not to disrespect him or disrespect Coach Leach or anything, it's just, you know, I've watched Mike Leach since he was at Texas Tech. I watched him very well when he was at uh, Washington State, too. And, yes, his quarterbacks, you know, they you know routinely got in the 450, 500-yard mark. I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably a realistic number for K.J. Costello for one reason. It doesn't matter if you're playing Alabama, who's got a national championship caliber defense year in and year out, LSU that has had a good defense in the past, but they don't have as many people coming back and they're having to relearn that, or – you know, a team like Vanderbilt that really hasn't had that defense. It's still an SEC defense. you still got a lot of talent that you have to go around and you have to do your job. So the fact that he got 632 yards, that uh, absolutely blew my mind. Um, I don't really see him doing that uh, very, uh, very more often, only because the more times that he throws, the more times they throw packages out there, the more film that teams are going to have on him. So I think if he's going to do it, he better get out of the system early. Well, see, and I think that LSU, who I think will be a better team than Arkansas, especially talent-wise, to me it was also – and I'm not taking anything away from Mississippi State, but to me it was also the fact that LSU had just been missing so many guys. They had so much turnover last year, not only in player personnel, but as well as in coaches. And I felt like it was just the perfect storm for Mike Leach. So if Arkansas is going to go into Starkville and get their first victory out of 20 straight SEC tries, it's been that long. But if they're going to do it – 
what is the key? Because it's easy to say, oh, just slow down the passing game. But I feel like Mike Leach is going to have more in his belt. So what's the key for Arkansas if they're going to try to slow down this Mississippi State offense? Yeah, it's going to be a real key. Coach Leach, of course, he's excited about the win. I don't know if uh, how many FTC fans saw the video that was put out on Monday by uh, Mississippi State saying, if you haven't found the bandwagon yet, please join us. Great video. Um, but it's going to be key uh, because Coach Leach, he's already putting a lot of respect in Arkansas. I feel like uh, Mississippi State is in their second week of, you know, kind of playing what if because uh, Arkansas, they have a brand-new head coach, Sam Pittman, who's uh, already brought out a lot of energy, I think. I've already seen a lot of that, and you've talked about that on your show earlier this week, John. Uh, but a pretty uh, pretty good defensive coordinator, Barry Odom, and one of the young up-and-comers, but he's, you know, had some success, Kendall Bryle. So that's three new guys that, are, that Mississippi State has yet to prepare for, so that's going to be interesting to kind of – uh, get them figured out, too. Another thing that I thought really helped Mississippi State last week is, one, they played at Tiger Stadium. They didn't have to play a night game at Tiger Stadium, which is always huge if you get lucky enough to do that. But you're only playing in front of 22,000 as opposed to 102,000. And those fans at Tiger Stadium didn't have all day to tailgate and get loose in uh, in uh, said terms. So I think that really helped, too. I think Arkansas, this is a really good opportunity for them because, uh, yes, cowbells are going to be ringing, but there's not as many cowbells that are going to be ringing. So I think it's just trying to uh, figure out Mississippi State just as much as Mississippi State is trying to figure out Arkansas. And, plus, you don't have as much noise uh, getting into your head as well. So I think that's probably going to be the big factors there. You know, I love Mike Leach, and I love what he's been able to do as a coach. But I, I kind of want to take you back just to the basics here because – He's been a coach for since 2000 in Power 5 football. He was at Texas Tech for a long time. He was at Washington State for a long time. Let's be honest. He had success there. But those two programs are not big-time blue-bud programs. And, in fact, in a lot of cases, they're kind of, if in this, at least in the respective conferences they're in, probably the most difficult jobs to win at uh, in the Big 12 and in the Pac-12, respectively. And now yeah, he's at Mississippi State, which Mississippi State in the SEC West – it's not an easy job knowing just like Arkansas is not an easy job or Ole Miss. They know that they have to go up against big time programs. So why is it that you think Mike Leach is attracted to some of these jobs where in a conference, especially like the SEC, he could have probably gotten calls from other schools or bigger schools, but he likes being in these smaller schools or at least the schools that don't get as much attention and as much attraction. Why do you think that is? What is it about him that fits that type of mold? It's, uh, it's, you know, and you bring up the point, too, of being in Lubbock, Texas, and Pullman, Washington, two towns that aren't, uh, aren't very big uh, by volume. Mississippi State's always known to be, you know, the small, quiet, uh, sleepy college town. And uh, I guess, you know, when you have a program like that, the more quirks you can have, the, the better, because, uh, you know, we talked about the cowbells there in that last question. You know, you've got the cowbells. Uh, Coach Leach brings his pirate flag in. It's just one of those things that, the you know, the quirker you can be, I think the better it is. I think the reason that I think he'll find more success at Mississippi State than he will or than he did at Washington State in uh, Texas Tech, too, and this was something that uh, one of our beat writers brought up the other day. He, uh, he and Hal Mummy basically invented the air raid offense, and uh, Hal Mummy, you know, still coaching here and there, but he's, you know, more so – uh, watching Coach Leach and watching all these other schools that have put out the air raid and, you know, how are they doing this and they're doing this because of that. But he brought up a good point uh, last Saturday. He said that, uh, you know, you go to Texas Tech, you win there. You go to Washington State, you win there. 
But Mississippi State, they've got such a good breeding ground for talent. You've got some really good athletes in uh, the state of Mississippi. You go over to Alabama, especially in the Birmingham area, pull a lot of kids out of there. You can go down to uh, Louisiana, get some, uh, even get some of the guys out in Arkansas, too. So he has probably had more to work with in his first year at Mississippi State than he ever has at either one of those places. So I think, you know, mix in all the uh, quirkiness and all the, uh, you know, interesting quotes that he's had, uh, including the one where he was talking about the uh, cardboard cutouts reminding him of the Twilight Zone at uh, LSU the other week. You mix all that in there and you've got good talent. It's just a lot of fun being in Starkle right now, and I think that's what he's all about. The fans are into it. I think that's really what's going to make him successful is, one, he can bring in that talent that's nearby, and he's got the the personality to really make this a fun thing. We'll continue our conversation with Taylor Jones of the Locked On Mississippi State podcast. But first, folks, you know you hear me talk about rockauto.com and just the easiness of it all is because during this time, especially with the weather getting nice, we know that – Uh, it's going to get colder soon. And there's always things that you have to do on your vehicle to make sure that your vehicle is ready for the winter. But the best thing about it is that rockauto.com offers you a different route where you don't have to go in and go to some big box store where you're going to overpay. They may not have what you need. If they have what you need, then it's on back order. It's just a mess. But luckily, rockauto.com is a great place where you can check out all the catalogs that they have and all the different makes and models for your vehicle to make sure that you're taken care of. They're a family-owned business, and they've been in this business for years. Nobody does it better than them. And when you go and visit them, make sure that you write in Locked On as the how did you hear about us in that box so that they know that we sent you here in the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Again, rockauto.com, all the stuff you'll ever need for your vehicle, no matter the make or the model, reliably low prices, and an amazing selection with all the car parts you ever need at rockauto.com. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. So, Taylor, another thing, though, with this matchup and in this game is going to be you know, Arkansas trying to bounce back from what they what they accomplished at Georgia. It was a good first half for Razorback fans, but it wasn't enough to really under, get people to understand what type of team this is. I don't know if you got a chance to watch Arkansas and Georgia that much but just what did you think of the Razorbacks in week one and do they pose a threat that may be unique or different from what the LSU Tigers posed from this past Saturday yeah I thought it was a very interesting I got to catch a little bit of the first half or towards the end of the first half because the uh, Mississippi State LSU game was uh, being played around that same time and I remember flipping over to the score and being like Georgia has five points that's interesting (laughs) Uh, but, you know, Arkansas, I think they're, uh, they're in pretty good hands. I think that they have a little bit more uh, questions answered than LSU did. I mean, you look at LSU, and I can remember, you know, listening to another Locked On show, Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy, and he made the point last week. He said, I believe on uh, last Sunday I watched at least a third, if not a half, of LSU's national championship team playing, on the, playing in the NFL. So you've got that problem there. You've got several that elected to opt out to uh, opt out due to uh, COVID nineteen concerns or uh, COVID nineteen concerns. Plus, my draft stock's pretty good. I'm going to go make my money. Uh, Arkansas, I think they've got a few a few more of those questions answered because LSU it was you know who's going to play here. They've got a new defensive coordinator that we haven't been able to see film for because he's been at Youngstown State. And so while Arkansas does have those uh, those same questions as far as coaches uh, are concerned with Kendall Bryles and uh, Barry Odom and Coach Sam Pittman, 
Uh, I think that Arkansas is in a better situation because they have a little bit more established roots in their players. Uh, those players have played well together for a lot longer than those LSU players have had. It's another crazy thing, too, because I, I was doing my radio show today and I was looking at the series between these two opponents with Arkansas-Mississippi State, and I hadn't realized that Arkansas has only beaten Mississippi State once since 2011. One time, and, and that really? was in 2016 wow. when Arkansas went down to Starkville and had Raleigh Williams run for like 250 yards, it seemed like. But th- this has been pretty lopsided. I know Arkansas has struggled a lot since Bobby Petrino has left, but are you a little surprised that Mississippi State's been able to dominate the Razorbacks a- as well as they have, especially given that you know Arkansas, even though they haven't been a great team, but there was a few years where they had a pretty competitive team too. Yeah, that is kind of surprising to me, but I do think of, you know, several of the offenses that Mississippi State has had, and while they haven't been the uh, caliber of an offense that will get them to Atlanta, I mean, Dak Prescott and Nick Fitzgerald have done a really good job of leading that offense, and you had a little bit of that Dan Mullen magic in there as well, so it uh, surprises me that Arkansas hasn't gotten Mississippi State more, but in a way, I can kind of see why, just because of the factors of uh, what Dak Prescott and Nick Fitzgerald were able to do in that offense. Yeah, because I think that it was uh, it was a great matchup for so many years, and you've seen some great games between them. But you know, it's Dan Mullen that was the ultimate question of you know how great he was at Mississippi State. What are they going to do to try to replace him? And the whole Joe Moorhead thing didn't work out. Now Mike Leach is there. You can make the argument that Mississippi State in football has actually done all things considered a, a great job at being able to identify uh, good coaches and being able to bring them in. And, you know, the Joe Moorhead thing, I think everybody, uh, you know, kind of scratched their head, but it made sense. It's like they even understand that, hey, if we can, we know we're better than this and let's go get somebody that can bring it better. So it's almost like a respect for Mississippi State, which I know that me and you can probably share uh, a similar disdain and hatred for Ole Miss because <laughs> I definitely do hate them. But uh, it just seems like Mississippi State has just done a really good job, comparatively speaking, uh, of making good hires, solid hires, and guys that can really make them competitive in a division that is so tough. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, uh, the, yeah, the Joe Moorhead thing kind of uh, made me scratch my head, too, because it's, it's one of those names that, um, like, I can remember there for a while, uh, you know, some of the SEC schools were like, we need to get rid of this coach, but then you think to yourself, well, who's out there that would be realistically coming here? And I know there for a while Tom Herman was the guy. I don't know if you know why people thought Tom Herman was the guy, but when Joe Moorhead was hired, I was like the 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 coordinator from Penn State. Okay, well he did some good things with Saquon Barkley, but is that going to translate well in the SEC? And yeah, he was able to get to uh, get to bowl games. Kind of surprised people there in his uh, there in his first year, and he was you know able to just barely squeak in if it weren't for uh, Mr. Elijah Moore, which. Uh, Thank you, Elijah Moore, for uh, what you did in the Egg Bowl last year that got us to a bowl game. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like it just wasn't the best fit for the players that they had, and I think we're slowly going to uh, see Coach Leach uh, recruit uh, very well to uh, get some guys to Mississippi State. They've already got a guy there that I'm looking forward to watching next year play quarterback, and that's a guy by the name of Will Rogers. Will Rogers from Brandon, Mississippi. Uh, surprisingly enough, played in the air raid system at Brandon High School in Mississippi, and that's the same high school that Gardner Minshew went to, hmm. who played for Washington State with Coach Leach, and now he's playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's almost poetic justice that he already had a guy committed back in 2018 when Joe Moorhead first got there, 
and now he's basically already groomed for this offense. So I think we're already starting to see good things happen on the recruiting trail to get uh, guys that are better suited for this air raid offense. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. I want to ask you this too, just from a perspective from Mississippi State. Obviously, uh, you got four new, first-year new head coaches in the SEC this year. Uh, Mike Leach being one of them, but taking him out of the equation, looking at Sam Pittman, Lane Kiffin, and Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. Between those three coaches, who do you think is going in the long term be better for their programs and be more successful at their respective schools? I would, I would say Sam Pittman, and because I, uh, I see Lane Kiffin maybe having one or two years of success, and he'll bounce to another program, or things will not go well in Oxford, and he'll end up he. Uh, being run off, uh, maybe a you know situation where he was at USC where he loses a road game and they don't even let him on the team playing. Elijah Drinkwitz, I still think, has a lot to prove, and I think being in a job like uh, Missouri is one of those places that can make or break you. Um, so I, you know, it's going to be a consistency thing for me with Elijah Drinkwitz. But Sam Pittman, uh, watching him in his press conference, you could just feel the emotion that he was so excited to be in Fayetteville and. It's already, you know, rubbing off on the players as well. There was a lot of energy being played. There was a lot of really hard hitting and uh, just great play overall by Arkansas. And I could tell that was because of Sam Pittman's energy and his love for Fayetteville, Arkansas, and the University of Arkansas. So I think if he, you know, keeps that passion up, you're going to see that in recruiting, and you're going to see that in the players as well. And I think Arkansas is going to be the most successful of those three programs just because of the passion that Sam Pittman brings to that program. All right, man, last one before we let you get out of here and appreciate you hopping on with us. Uh, we, we've talked about the game. we talked about the matchups, but uh, what do you think happens Saturday between Arkansas and Mississippi State? You don't have to necessarily just do a score prediction, but if you want to, you can do that. But how do you think this game goes? Do you think it's close? Just what happens on Saturday in Starkville? Um, I can see it being a lot closer than the experts think. Uh, I think it's a, uh, an 18-point favorite now, Mississippi State over Arkansas. I don't think that's going to be the spread at all. Uh, I could see it probably being the same that it was for LSU, just a back-and-forth contest with one team finally pulling away there at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, I'd say probably Mississippi State by seven, but it's going to be a really well-played ball game. I think we're going to learn a lot about Arkansas at the end of this ball game and a lot about Mississippi State as well. Hopefully it's a great ball game. It's going to be 6.30 at night on Saturday. Of course, you can see it on the SEC Network alternate. Don't ask me what channel it's on because I have no idea myself. But we will try to see if we can figure out wherever that will be. But it will be a great game and a great matchup. And really appreciate Taylor Jones joining us uh, of Locked On Mississippi State. Does a great job over there. Be sure to check him out for all Mississippi State stuff on his podcast. And I really look forward to catching up with him down in the future. Taylor, appreciate it, man. Have a great one. Enjoy Saturday, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you later. Hey, thank you, John. You did the same. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.